I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story. Welcome to our study on the fourfold gospel. There's a link in the show notes to the lesson book that we're working through together. Basically, this study looks at all four gospel accounts together, and there are some questions we work through to guide us in our study. Thanks for joining us. Okay. <laughs> if you read one chapter of Luke every day in December, then by December 24th, you'll be on Luke chapter 24, and that's the end of Luke, so that'd be, that'd be a good thing to do. And you'd get the whole life of Christ according to, Maybe that's to Luke. Yeah. yeah. Including the birth of Christ. <laughs> in there in chapter 2. So, so let's, let's start with a word of prayer and then we'll get into our nativity quiz that you were all prepared for. It's a pop quiz. You're not prepared. Well, we're prepared because we studied, right? We just studied this. So let's start with a prayer. Dear God in heaven, we're thankful that we can get together today and study from your word. We're thankful for the health that we have, that we're able to come out and the safe travel. We pray for our families, and we're thankful for the time we've had with, with Thanksgiving to get together, and we pray that you'd be with us here in this class and help us in all we do to honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Are you ready? We're keeping, keeping score. We're not keeping score. This is, this is fun, okay? <laughs> So, Luke chapter 1, and this is an open book quiz because life, life, life is a quiz, and we better have our, our book open, right? We better, this is not a secret deal. Okay, Luke 1, 31 through 32, an angel came to Mary and said, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. What was the name of the angel who appeared to Mary? Gabriel. Gabriel. And I, I even set it up as, as a multiple choice, but Cheryl wins the... And if you might recall... He stands in the presence of God. But you might recall, I was confused on this earlier in our study, and I had said it was Michael, and, and Dee helped me to see the light and to see the, the Bible verse that actually... Tells us there, of course, in Luke 1, 26 and 7, says the angel Gabriel did that. So, okay, back to our pop quiz. And thank you to Dee for letting me know that it's the angel Gabriel, <laughs> because I, I uh, was confused earlier in our study. So, pop quiz, Luke 1, 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Mary greeted Elizabeth, who leaped for joy? Think about it a minute. Think about it. And then there's a, pop, there's a multiple choice. Was it the angel Gabriel? Was it Zechariah? Was it John the Baptist or Elizabeth? It was Big John. <laughs> Not Big John, but Baby John, right? Yeah, and we, we read there that uh, the baby leaped in her womb, and if there's any question of you know, because Elizabeth and Mary are both pregnant. Which baby is it anyway? Well, Elizabeth speaks, and then she says, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. So that's kind of neat, you know, especially in this 
climate of abortion, and all those questions. That, you know, we see uh, the Holy Spirit uh, involved here in the passages in the psalm that talks about forming, forming in the womb and all of that. John is a prophet even in the womb here, being excited for the birth of the Christ or for the conception of the Christ. Okay, Matthew 1.18. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. What was the name of the angel who appeared to Joseph? Was that one, Michael? Doesn't tell us. Doesn't tell us. <laughs> right. It wasn't those things on the, on the screen. Says I am Gabriel. Well, that was the other yeah. one. Yeah, read it. So, so here, Matthew 1, 20. So you're thinking of in Luke where the angel Gabriel, explicitly Gabriel, appeared to Mary. And also we read to, to what? Is it Zechariah? I think it explicitly says to Zechariah concerning John the Baptist to be conceived and born. But here, when he met with uh, Joseph, it just says, an angel of the Lord, in Matthew 1.20. So, now, I kind of think it was Gabriel, but it, it doesn't say that. So, you know, we're, we're sticking with the, what the book says. What's that? Yeah, I'm not going to be dogmatic about that, but it seems to fit the pattern. But it doesn't really matter either. But, you know, there's so many traditions that are wrapped up around, around Christmas, so I thought it would be good to kind of... Come back to some of these things. All right. Bethlehem. Luke 2, 4. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Why did they go on this journey to Bethlehem? Why did they go on that journey at all for this? Census. Was there a census? <laughs> it wasn't for a vacation, was it? It wasn't for a, a Jewish festival. Of course, we studied that, that Caesar Augustus commissioned this to happen. Uh, in the English Standard Version, it talks about a <coughs> registration. I think other translations use the word census. That's the idea we're used to. Are, are, we, are we all confident on these from our study? <laughs> these are, okay. Luke 2, 15. When the angels went away from them, the, the shepherds, the angels met the shepherds. When the angels went, went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. What sign did the angel tell the shepherds to look for and, and what they later found? Was that a star? Is that the three wise men? Feed box or the drummer boy? There's a drummer boy in there somewhere, right? We're not going to find the, the drummer boy. So, the star, okay? The feed box. And I may be throwing you off because we usually call it the manger, but I mean, that was an animal feed trough, feed box of some kind. So, we read there. Uh, in Luke 2, 12, where it, the angel says, And this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And we, you know, wrapped in swaddling cloths might be part of the answer. Although, when we see in verse 16 that they found this baby, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby 
lying in a manger. And the, the manger seems to be the weird thing, you know, the sign. If you're, if you're going to go outside and say, well, you're going to go outside in the morning and you'll see light, that's not much of a sign because that happens every day. But seeing a baby lying in an animal feed trough would be peculiar and odd. So, but we did had some discussions about the, the swaddling cloths perhaps being part of that. Okay? True or false, on the night in which Jesus was born, three wise men from the east joined the shepherds in worshiping Jesus in a manger. But there's, but there's that picture. Balls! <laughs> we see there in Matthew 2, 2, that those wise men from the east were saying, uh, I believe to Herod, where, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. So it seems like, as I read it and study it again, it seems like when Jesus was actually born, we had all the deal with the angels announcing this to the shepherds. And it seems like at that same moment, we have this star rising out in you know, Persia or wherever in the east, the Orient. Uh, and then that's what then caused them to, to follow that. And then so sometime later then, you know, it would take maybe a month or more to come and then have these questions. And then verse uh, chapter 210, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So there we see the star at this point. Um, we don't see it mentioned with the shepherds. According to the Bible, what were the names of the three kings from the Orient who came to worship Jesus? Was it Gaspar, Malkiar, and Balthazar? Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or the Bible does not say. They sound like familiar names, right? <laughs> yeah. Now the traditional is number one or something like that. <laughs> right. The Bible does not say they were called wise men or magi as we study, rather than kings. Uh, and they brought the three types of gifts that we just read about there in our previous verses, uh, but we don't know how many there were in the group. And when we talk about we three kings of Orient are, that's Orientist, meaning Oriental versus Occidental, East versus West, and we, they were from the East. So, yeah, but traditionally there's th three kings, there's three gifts, and they're all there at the same time, but, but that's not really what we, what we read, right? How'd you do? Yay. Did you get a star? All right, back to the Bible. Not that we weren't out of the Bible there, but uh, question on page 11. Jesus' visit to Jerusalem at age 12. That's what comes you know, next in the, in the chronology here. So let's look at Luke chapter 2, verses 40 through 52. Luke 2, 40 through 52. I'll read that. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. 
And when he was twelve years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Okay, so we have this event, this incident in the temple where they forgot Jesus or, or however you want to say that. Okay, question 17 asks us, why did Jesus accompany his parents to Jerusalem? Not why did they go to Bethlehem? That was the census, right? But why here did they go to Jerusalem? Passover. The Passover, that, that annual Jewish feast, the Passover. Matthew. Yes. I think it's neat that they say every year this was their custom. So that shows that people knew where they would be at that time. You know, I'm sure our neighbors know where we'll be Sunday morning. Sunday night. <laughs> they know it's our custom. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I think it's just kind of kind of neat that they're saying, you know, how consistent um, that um, Joseph and Mary were in that in their worship to God. We definitely see that these are devout Jews, devout in their worship and, and their uh, honoring God. With with this being an example of that, and certainly we should be characterized similarly. People should see that, as Dee pointed out. Other thoughts on that question there. Uh, this would be a requirement to attend this feast for the Passover uh, for all, this, all, the, all these Jews. So when they, when they made this journey, they weren't by themselves, probably. They were with family and friends as a group. And as we see when they're returning, it talks about uh, they thought they were in the same company. You know. That's a good point. Certainly, it was a requirement, but of course, not everyone keeps the requirements, right? Whereas we see that that uh, sometimes I sometimes I think back then they did wrong better than we do today. They they did what better? That they keep they kept the requirements a lot better than we do today. Perhaps, but we also see Jesus when he comes criticizing a great number oh, of yeah. things for keeping uh, as commandments the traditions of men, and we see you know farther back in. Israelites' history, idol worship and things. So that doesn't seem to be happening here. They seem to be 
as a people sort of free from that, that idol worship. But, uh, but historically, that was a problem. So there's always, there's, always something, there's always something that gets people. Number 18. After setting out for home on their journey, what did Mary and Joseph discover, and how long did it take them to find Jesus? Of course, these are answering our own questions, right? They discovered that Jesus wasn't with them. How long did it take them to find Jesus? Four days? Four days? A day's journey. The first one was the day's journey when they noticed he wasn't there, and then they found him, it says, three days later. Yeah, it gets to be a math problem, I guess. I, I wrote three days. I got four. Um, in verse 46, after three days, they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers. So the way I reasoned that, yes, they went a day's journey to leave the area and then discovered, oh no, we've lost Jesus, our son. And then it would, of course, take a day's journey back, you'd think, going the same rate of speed. And then another day searching in the city to find him. And then verse 46, after three days, they found him. Now you could say... Well, they searched for him for three days in Jerusalem. Then you might say five days, I guess. But I, I, I just took it at face value. Either way, we could, it, it was a while, right? They would have been really worried is the point. So under CPS went home. They didn't have that. Yeah, they didn't have that back then. <laughs> well, when you think about it, uh, day's journey, they were going fire distance. Right. Uh, it's, it's been calculated uh, six to eight hours or 24 to 30 miles in that day's journey. So that's quite a distance. And then they have to take that same distance and go back, like you said. So then after they get there, then they have to start looking for him. And uh, of course, they don't want to get into the rest of that. Yeah. <laughs> all the while, all the while, whose fault is it? You're yeah. supposed to watch him. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can imagine the conversations, right? Like, how did this happen here? Yeah. Oh, you know, it's, 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 I thought you had it. No, I had it. It's supposed <laughs> to be within the, uh, the, the family, the relatives. Right. And as you said, it seems that they're traveling with the family group, and so, well, Uncle Joe has him, right? That's probably a sign how much they trusted Jesus. That he was of the character as a child that they knew if they didn't. You know, there are kids that you have that you have, you, you're counting, where is that one? That was always missing, or whatever. You know, you always have that in there, or whatever. But there's ones that if you don't see them, you know that. That, oh, well, they're, they're here somewhere. I'm sure they are. They always are, right? So th- there was a lot of trust in that. So you can see how much that Jesus had been obedient to them before. So it probably really did worry them. I mean, I can't even imagine Heidi being gone for several days and that, you know, or, or even another, but he was, what, 12 at this mm-hmm. time? A 12-year-old, you know, the Abraham. Yeah, like Caleb. My son is 12 years old, so imagine him just... In a big city (laughs) where where he didn't grow up among strangers and that, so, so, yeah. But I I just think this is probably something that that is favorable for Jesus, that they they didn't think that they had to count heads and curious. (laughs) Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that, but that's a good point to think that, that Jesus, perhaps because of his good behavior, they weren't... Is concerned about him because of he's not one of those crazy run around. Where is he? And, and you gotta imagine maybe that. Well, I saw him with so and so, and so he's probably he usually goes with them or something. And you know, just the way these things happen even in our lives. Cheryl, how many people, how many boys growing up 
through the years, maybe not so much now, but years ago, in the summertime, would get on their bikes in the morning, and mom would say, be home by dinner, and they would be gone for the day. And they knew that they'd be back. They trusted them. So maybe this is, yeah. you know, it's the personality of knowing that, you know, you can trust your Back then, you could trust your child. That is a little, little more of a foreign concept today, but I know back in the 80s, that growing up, that was kind of normal, and certainly before that, I've heard stories that that, was, that went on. You did that. <laughs> okay. So, um, and then where was, where was he when they found him? And what was he doing? There. His father's house. His father's house. What, what, it's, so it mentions father twice here in this passage, right? Mm -hmm. In verse 48, his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. But, of course, as was supposed, right? As we read in the genealogies, Joseph, as was supposed, and serving as his father and, you know, in that relationship, but Jesus then refers to his father in verse 49, not referring to Joseph. I'm not, I'm not back in Nazareth in Joseph's workshop or whatever. I'm here in Jerusalem, the house of God, the, you know, the place where uh, God is you know, understood to have a presence there. And what was he doing? Did we say that? He was... He's listening and asking questions. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting because uh, we think of Jesus as the Son of God. He should know all these things. But he's only 12 years old and he's human too. Kind of almost like to hear what, was, what those questions were and what was said, and, you know, his comments at that age. I'm sure that they probably have had a lot to do with the old law. Sure. And I think the other thing to understand is because you can, because we, read the reaction of those around him when he was asking those questions, they were the right questions to ask. The, the situation was, they're not, uh, wasn't just an unfounded or, or a lazily understand of, that you would think of children going through the process. These are pointed questions specifically to these people that you would think that maybe even the adults that are, that are supposed to be have the understanding would have time and problems to understand. So that in itself gives you know, precedence to what he was trying, what, what that child was accomplishing there in their presence. Yeah, there in verse 46, it says he, he found them sitting among the teachers, listening to them. So Jesus was listening to the teachers and asking them questions. But then in verse 47, and, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. So it's kind of interesting that he was asking questions, but he also had answers. Marty. Uh, uh, you know, later, as Jesus was on his ministry, how you know, he asked questions, but he knew the answer. And like with Jared, you know, he has that wisdom and he's, he's asking these pointed questions. And they just see what their answers were. Yeah. Uh, Probing questions. A lot of times he would answer a question with the question right. later on. Well, so yeah. Okay. Well, you know, along with that, you know, uh, uh, as we read through the accounts of his life and, and, the, and the Jewish nation, uh, 
there were a lot of things that they held on to as traditions that were far apart from what they were intended. And uh, Jesus asking the questions, he would get a reply back that would tell him why they taught these things and why they were doing these things. And later on, he would call them quite a weird, uh, whitewash uh, tombs or sepulchers. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. he had everything all messed up. But he's only 12 years old. And I think we need to take that into consideration. Uh, he had the ability uh, to ask proper questions and also the uh, uh, courtesy to listen. Mm-hmm. And here in the next verses, we'll talk a little bit about his development too. But here in, in question 19, what did Mary ask Jesus upon finding him and what was his reply? Verse 48. Why would you do this to us? <laughs> Why have you treated us this way, right? We've been, we've been searching for you, really worried or great distress, right? Okay. And then what was his reply? We've alluded to that. It's kind of like, well, you should have known I'd be in my father's house. Yeah. And, and you kind of wonder, you know, Imagine it's my son, Caleb. <laughs> Not that Jesus is Caleb, Caleb is Jesus. But, but in terms of that parent-child relationship, well, how was I supposed to know? <laughs> you know? Because it's kind of like a puzzle. Yeah. You know, when it said, you know, like when he was born, the stuff was going on, she stored it in her heart. Mm-hmm. And then this would be another thing that she would store in her heart to, you know, that the puzzle's coming together as he gets older for what he, he's meant for. So he asked, you know, did you not know I should be in my father's house? It should have been obvious, right, that he, he would have been there according to his response. And, you know, the, I'm going to try to look at I'll look at this a little bit a different way uh, through the parents' eyes. Here they were entrusted by the Lord. The angel prophesied what's going to happen. And then, so they understood, at least in part, what this child of theirs represents, what, who, who it is, and why it's here. They, they at least have some understanding of that. And then they lost it. And so, but it's not just that they lost it, as we've read in, in Matthew, that at some point in time, the powers that be were actively searching for it. Right, based in, based in Jerusalem, so right? as yeah. a parent's thought, or at least how I look at it, what's the worst thing that could happen? That would definitely have triggered me uh, but then to see Jesus there saying, well, you should have known I was going to be here. I, I, don't, I don't know how I can reconcile that as a parent raising a child with that responsibility. <laughs> well, certainly we see. They were in great distress, as it says in verse 48, as we would be. And, and then all of the special circumstances maybe even would enhance that further. So, uh, Along with that, uh, Jared was talking about uh, the next statement after he gives his reply, they don't understand what he's talking about. 
And you say, well, why wouldn't you understand? The angel told you. Well, the angel said, and this is 12 years now. Yeah. Uh, the angel has said he will save his people. Didn't say how. Right. Said he would save his people. We look and, back with hindsight 2020, but they didn't have the whole story. Yeah, so uh, he said, well, shouldn't you, didn't you know? You, ought to, you should have known. Well, maybe we should. We don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> and that, that, that would be natural. And as, as Cheryl alluded to there in verse 51, uh, his mother treasured up all these things in her heart concerning this incident. And then that was echoed from, from verse 19, where we had seen that before. Verse 19 was um, where she had been. Uh, all these things happened with, at the birth of the shepherds coming and saying, we saw these angels announcing all these, you know, glory to God in the highest and all of that. She treasured those things in her heart. And that happens here again. Okay, so that last question here for today, 20. Describe the development of Jesus in the following areas and what is involved in each area. That goes back to verse 52, right? He, he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So... How would you summarize that? What does that mean to you? What do you, what do you think is going on with Jesus here? He's starting to find his place within the puzzle of the world that we live in. Okay. That, that's how I look at it. Wisdom is kind of me because you know, children go to school. We hope that they learn something. But wisdom is more than just knowing something. It's, it's applying it. And so that, that wisdom, it, it deals with his, the mental kind of development that he had, that he could understand and apply what he learns. Um, and that, that's, that's really good, you know, for, for a child to, to have wisdom. I was just going to say, back from where we were looking at the, his asking questions, and, and that's the greatest way to learn. You know, that's the greatest way to learn is to ask questions and to... Listen, of course, it says listen. He listened first, and then he asked questions. And so, listening, just sitting there and listening, you'll learn a lot. He was listening a lot of times, and I think that's part how he grew in his wisdom is just by listening and learning and asking questions. Tom, I, I think it's interesting we have this <clears throat> uh, statement that he increased in favor with God, and I struck me kind of strange to begin with and I'm thinking to myself but but he's the son of God <laughs> he's already in favor with God but he's also human and he's touched with all of the uh, temptations that we are touched with so I, I kind of put that together and say okay as he grew he, his favor increased with God there's that weird tension isn't there where Jesus is God but he's man he was a baby, as we've read, and he grew up. And like, at what point did he have the full consciousness? You know, as a as a as a man, as we think, we can't really. I don't think we can really understand that and think about that. But that's sort of a, a strained question that I think is inherent in all of that. Twelve years old is kind of an awkward age, you know, for a boy, especially as he's growing. He's he's going through a lot of changes in himself, even you know, and. And so that's part of this growing in the stature. They're already at that age. 
I'm sorry? They're ornery at that age. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. That's Don't you right. know I should be in my father's house, right? Right. Of course, it also says, we should point out in verse 51, after that, he, he went with them to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Right. So we, I don't know if we touched on that, but, you know, not that he was being a rebel here, but, I mean, I think he was just doing what was appropriate, but they didn't understand, and, and he, you know, followed their direction as it was appropriate for a son. And so from then on, he, he, he grew in wisdom, as we've discussed. He grew in stature. I think, you know, a 12-year-old boy would be kind of Caleb's height, right? Maybe, maybe grow more. He's going to continue to grow physically in stature. And then uh, in favor with God and man, as we've talked about, uh, doing the right things, having a good reputation. He wasn't some jerk, some bully, right? He would, he would have been seen as a, a, a good behavior. And shows his social skills in favor with him. You know, it's one thing to be in favor with God that you, you know, the Bible over and over again tells us to choose our words carefully, to watch our actions. You know, he, he, was, he grew in a way that he understood how, how to be social with man, that you could be in favor with man. That's, that's a very good thing. It's very another good. practice thing. Some good lessons for all of us in there. So next time, Lord willing, we'll look at page 12. A new section, the early ministry of John the Baptist and Jesus' baptism, which then leads to the temptation in the wilderness. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love.